Welcome, spiritual family, to a faithful God ministry. Again, shelter in place still. I forgot what week this is, but welcome to my home during this time. Here you go. I, would, I just wanted to share that with you guys, with you today, and make you feel right at home with me today. I want to take just a second to personally thank you for being here with me today, whether online or on our pod, if you're listening on our podcast, on the Spiritual Tea Podcast, but I just wanted to personally welcome you and tell you that I'm truly honored to spend this time here with you today. Before I begin a couple of items, a couple of items, I want you to know first and foremost that God loves you passionately and faithfully, amen? Yes. And then the second thing is, is before we get started, I want us to reflect. I know that this is hard for some people, but I want us to reflect on our past week. And I know it may have been a tough week for a lot of people out there, a lot of a tough week for you out there, right? But I want to take that moment, just take a moment to reflect on our past week and give God praise and worship. Because see, no matter how hard the test was, how hard it was, we made it. We are here today and I appreciate that you are here today. We made it. We're breathing. We're alive. We made it. So just take a moment and give God praise and worship. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So with that, are you ready? to receive some spiritual nourishment today. It is my pleasure to bring the good news of hope, love, encouragement, and faith in God. Now, it is said, it is written that the good news does not come to you by word only, but with power and through the Holy Spirit. I cannot change your situation. I cannot change your situation, but what I can do See, what I can do and what I'm going to do is point you to the one who can. Amen? Amen. My goal is to bring the light of God, the light of God into the darkest and the hardest area on your journey, on your pathway, right? Because I know there's a lot of pockets right now, a lot of pockets right now, right? So my goal is to bring the light of God into the darkest and the hardest areas on your journey. See, because what we have to do is we have to turn on the light to get rid of the dark right? So that's what we're going to do today. Now, the title of my message is, God will never leave you empty. God will never leave you empty. And I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about this message. This is, this is a rewind or a, re, a revamp or a redo or a revamp or a re, rewind message, right? I've done this message before, but I put a little bit more spice into it, right? But I'm excited. I'm excited about my message today and I'm going to spill all the spiritual tea about God's provisions. And I'll be referring to Matthew chapter 14 verses 13 through 21. So with that, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another day, for your glory. Thank you for breathing life and light into each and every single one of us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives me the privilege to come to you boldly today, dear Lord. God, I recognize there is no better plan in this world than yours, and I pray for your will to be done in all areas of our lives that are empty and depleted. I pray for every person watching and listening right now, wherever they are, that you meet them where they are to experience you. Fill them, dear Heavenly Father. Fill their lives, fill their hearts, their minds with you and your love. I pray that you cover the message today, for it is your truth 
cover with your light and grace. You are a supernatural God doing supernatural things in this world. And I pray that you use me, use us in a supernatural way to feel your presence and your word today. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. All in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Again, I'll be referring to Matthew chapter 14, verses 13, 13 through 21. And while you look for that, while you look for that verse, I want to I start with a short, funny story. So with this, I'm going to have my handy dandy sketcher, Abigail, you know, from a software. Abigail sketched this out for me. Something fun. So one day, George W. was in the airport lobby. And he noticed a man in a long flowing white robe with a long white beard and flowing white hair. And the man had, had a staff in one hand and a stone tablet in the other hand. And so George W. approached the man and asked, aren't you Moses? And the man ignored George W. and stared at the ceiling. So George W. took it upon himself to position himself more directly in the man's view and asked again, aren't you Moses? But the man continued to stare at the ceiling. So George W. decided that he wanted to tug on the man's sleeve and ask once again, aren't you Moses? And so the man finally turned slowly with the irritated voice he responded to George W. and said, Yes, yes I am, yes, I am Moses. And so George W. kind of shrugged his shoulders and then he asked, he asked Moses, well, why was he so uppity? And so Moses replied, the last time I spoke to a bush, I had to spend 40 years in the desert. I crack myself up, I always say that afterwards, right? Cause I do, I, do, I crack myself up. That was a fictional story for those who, who don't know, but that was a fictional story. But I cracked myself up. It was a good joke, right? So anyway, so I wanted to share to, with you about something interesting. Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, the lake of Lake Tahoe, right? So I wanted to share a little bit of history about it. So in 1875, two men went to the deepest point of the lake right went to a deepest point and they lowered a weighted champagne bottle a weighted champagne bottle from their boat into the deepest point right on a fishing line into the deep, deepest point of the lake and what they discovered is that Lake Tahoe is 1645 feet deep now me not good with measurements suck at measurements wouldn't even understand what that how deep that is right so let me just put it into perspective with, for you Lake Tahoe is so deep, it is considered one of the eighth deepest lakes in the world, in the world. Technically, Lake Tahoe is so large, it is so large that if the lake was to actually tip over, tip over, its contents would cover California with 14 and a half inches of water right it will provide every person in the united states with 50 gallons of water per day for five years right every person in the united states of america right with 50 gallons of water per day for five years technically our consumption of water could never personally 
exhaust the limits of Lake Tahoe. Our consumption of water can never personally exhaust the limits of Lake Tahoe. And I feel this is the same for God's provisions right? God's provisions. Our consumption can never, never exhaust his limits. It is the same. Can never exhaust his limits. Why? Because see, God has no limits. He has no limits. See, whatever our need may be, whatever our need may be, we can never exhaust God's supply. Why? Because he has no limits. He has no limits. Now, understand, there's, I said, there's, I just got to untie it there, but there's the difference between a need and a want, right? And I've said this before. I pointed this out before. There's a difference between a need and a want. And what I said is that our need can never personally exhaust God's limits, not our want, because there's a difference. See, a need is like, what we need to live off of, what we need to function off of, right? What, to, what we need to sustain. A want is a desire. It's a desire, it's a wish, right? And it can always be accompanied with pain or hurt. So a need, there's a difference between a need and a want, right? So always put that in perspective, a need and a want. But his provisions are based upon our need our dependency on him. See, what God wants, he wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be dependent on him. That's what God wants, right? That's what he wants. And he wants us to know that we need to be careful. See, Matthew told us, Matthew told us, Matthew told us, he told us that Satan is the tempter, right? Satan is the tempter. Matthew referred to Satan as the tempter. So I just want to be clear that there's temptation out there, right? There's temptation out there. There's temptation. Let me be clear here and let me be clear. The enemy tried to tempt Jesus. He tried to tempt Jesus into thinking that his provisions, the enemy's provisions are greater than God's. If the enemy can come to, if the enemy can come to Jesus, the son of God, if he could come to Jesus, what makes you think that he can't come to us and tempt us on a daily? on the daily, on the daily, right? He will tempt us to believe that God's provisions are not for us, that his, that God's provisions are not for us and he will not provide. That's what he wants us to think, that he will not provide. He will tempt us to believe that God will not provide that job or that home or his mercy or his grace, that he's not gonna help us, he's not gonna save us, right? That's what he wants us to believe. He wants us to believe that God is going to leave us empty and depleted. That God is going to leave us all empty. That's what, the, that's what Satan wants us to believe. That's what the tempter wants us to believe, right? But see, this is the furthest, the furthest, the furthest from the truth. Because see, God will always provide. He will always provide. And not only that, not only that, but his provisions, his provisions will transcend, transcend beyond our understanding, beyond our understanding. He will provide, God will provide what we need, but we, but only that, he will always provide the best, the best, the best. So for example, for example here, for example, when the kids were looking at colleges, right? When the kids were, the kids were looking at colleges, 
We would go on these tours, we would sit down through all these presentations while that college representative would tell us why they're the best college for our kids to go to, why they, they are the best college for us to spend our money to, right? And so we came home one day and we sat down as a family to pick out the best college for our kids. Not the best college that was presented to us, but the best college specifically for our kids and for our family because we wanted to make sure that they had a, the best for them. Not for every child that they were trying to recruit, but just for them. And this is the same for us. When God provides, He provides the best specifically for you. He provides the best specifically for me. He provides the best specifically for your family, for your situation, right? Right, yes. Correct? Correct. Another example, another example of how God provides, another example. The meal subscription delivery kits, the meal subscription delivery kits, like the, the blue aprons and the HelloFreshes, I don't even, I said that, the HelloFresh, HelloFresh. The blue aprons and the HelloFresh and, and the Home Chef. We used to order from all three of those at one point. But anyway, they're very popular at this particular time and I can see why. But see, we started that, we started the, the we subscribe with um, the meal delivery kits, the subscription kits in 2018. And I saw an advertisement, I think it was for blue, blue apron or one of those or whatever. I saw the advertisement and I was, I was getting ready. I was preparing to have a major surgery. And I figured, okay, well, let me try this out because I was the main one that used to cook dinner in the household. Let me try this out. See if it's something that's easy to follow and see if something that my husband and my kids can do while I'm recovering on my surgery. And it turned out to be a really good thing for us. So a little bit of backstory for those who do not know who's kind of sheltered and you do not know what the meal subscription delivery kit right now is because it is it is banging right now, right? So the meal subscription delivery kit, the process is, is you sign up online, you pick out your meals according to how many people's in your family, how many meals you want per week. For us, it's always, it goes between three or four, but since the whole pandemic has been, they've kind of just made us go down to three whatever but so you pick out how many meals you want per week three or four and then you pick your delivery date and then voila it's delivered everything in the box on your doorstep it's delivered for you right so when you get the box you have your fresh produce your fresh meat every all the ingredients you would need to make the sauce pasta or rice you got the recipe card you got instruction cards that even tells you how to chop up everything if you need to mince it if you need to dice it shows you how to do it has illustration has pictures everything is right there in the box for you in the box for you for your whole meal for the night right with the exception for dessert now there's one box i believe it's hello fresh before the pandemic they used to have desserts I know that was home fresh. They used to have smoothies and they would send fresh fruit and everything you would need to make fresh smoothies. See, me and my daughter love the smoothies, but anyhow, so we would get, so, and we still do, so we get it every week, right? We get them every week. And when we receive our delivery, our delivery box every week, 
when we receive it, I have a sense every single time of relief and excitement. I'm relieved because I don't have to come, I don't have to sit down and think about, okay, what are we gonna eat tonight? And then write down a grocery list of all the items that I'm gonna need and go to the grocery store because you know, of course, your grocery store experiences are not, not the same, right? It's not as simple as it used to be, right? So I'm glad, I'm relieved because I don't have to go to the grocery store and then come home and then cook it. Right? So I'm relieved. I'm relieved because everything is right there. Only thing I need to do is unpack the box or unpack my refrigerator with the contents of the box and pull out the bag and the meat. Right? That's all I got to do with the recipe card. That's all I got to do. And then I'm excited. I'm excited because I forget. I plan my meals and I pick my meals weeks in advance. So I forget. I typically forget what meals that, that we chose, right, for, to be delivered. And so when I get it, it's better than my expectations most of the time. Majority of the time is better than my expectations. And see, compare this to God's provisions. I compare this to God's provisions, right? And the reason why I compare it is because it's the same thing. I tell God what I need. I tell God what I need. And then when I receive it, I am relieved and excited because his provisions are always more than what I expected. His provisions are always the best, the best. Now see, here's the definitions for provisions. Provision is supply with food, drink, or equipment, especially for a journey. Especially for a journey. See, that's why we call it God's provisions, because he's preparing us and equipping us for our journey. He's giving us what we need to sustain on our journey, on our pathway, right? He's equipping us and he's giving it to us so we can sustain, so we can function, so we can live on our journey, on our pathway, right? So he provides what we need. And sometimes what he'll do is he'll double, right? He'll give us double of what we need and sustain us journey now again I would imagine the feeling of expectations of his provisions right correct correct I would I would feel that I would get imagine the feeling of expectations for his provisions right the expectation of peace isn't that a wonderful expectation isn't that a wonderful feeling to have is peace no worries no stresses no doubt no discouragement right just peace the expectation of peace knowing that when God provides when God provides and he will he will provide but when he provides he will provide perfect perfect that means absolute he will provide perfect spiritual and physical protein and nourishment to feed not just my well-being not just my physical and spiritual well-being he's gonna feed everybody he's gonna feed all my family he's gonna feed anything that touches me he's gonna feed anything that touches you right he's gonna provide for anything that touches you and your life and he's gonna feed and touch and, and supply anything that touches me as well right right who's with me I see everybody who's with me who's familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Who's familiar with the Lord's Prayer? So I'm gonna to touch briefly on when it says, give us this day our daily bread. Now I believe that give us this day our daily bread has three main points, three main points. One, 
The first point is we must depend on God for everything, not just for some things, not just for this over here. God, I just need for you to provide over here, but I'm cool over here. No, we need to depend on him for everything. What does that mean? We need to depend on him for breath, everything. We need to depend on him for everything. And then second, the second main point is we must have gratitude, gratitude. Now, I'm not saying gratitude just for the big things, the big blessings, the miraculous blessings. No, I'm saying to have gratitude for the most basic of things, the most basic of things, like the simple things like this. You go out your front door every single morning. You go in and out your front door how many times a day? How many times a day? Do you know how many people don't have a front door to go in and out of? The basic things. And when you leave out your front door, you go to your car. Do you know how many people don't have a car? The most basic things. Have gratitude for the most basic things. And then the third point, the third main point is we must remember we must remember this, that bread alone will never fill us. It will never satisfy us. It will never satisfy us. See, when Jesus, when Jesus taught us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, he told us to say, give us this day our daily bread. Basically, this is what Jesus was telling us. Jesus was telling us that I am the bread of life. Come to me. That's what Jesus was telling us. I am the bread of life. Come to me. Right? Because see, bread by itself will not fill us. But Jesus by himself will fill us. Right? We will be, we'll be full. We won't be empty. Right? And see, when we go faithfully depending on him, he will provide us with our nourishment, our provisions, and that will make us full. We'll be full. We'll be happy. We'll be full. Right? So, Speaking of the daily bread, speaking of the daily bread, reminds me of when Jesus fed 5,000 people, right? So now I'll be referring to Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21, it'll come up on our screen. But basically this is how it happened. This is how the story went down. When Jesus fed 5,000 people, understand that this is the only miracle recorded in all four gospels, all four gospels. So this is what happened. Jesus was sitting on the mountainside with his disciples and he saw a large crowd, crowd approaching them, right? He saw a large crowd approaching them. He, actually, he saw 5,000 people approaching them, right? And did you ever think about it? Like, let me just take a moment. Did you ever think about who actually counted all those people? Who actually counted 5,000 people? Like, whose job was that? Right? Like, I just wanted to say, okay. But again, Jesus, he knew how many people it was. He didn't even have to count because it's Jesus. Hello? Okay, anyway, that was just a side note. So anyway, so Jesus saw 5,000 people approaching them, Jesus and the disciples. And so when Jesus saw this, he turned to Philip. And he asked Philip where to buy bread to feed all these people. Now, let's stop for a second. Why did Jesus ask Philip where to buy bread? Let's think about that. Why did Jesus turn to Philip and ask him, ask Philip out of all the disciples, why did he ask Philip where to buy bread? 
Where would Philip know where to buy bread? Where would Philip know where to buy bread from? Let's think about it. Why did Jesus ask Philip that, that question? Did Jesus really want to know where to buy bread from for 5,000 people? No, no, no. Jesus asked that question for a reason. For a reason. To make Philip think, right? To make Philip think. He wanted Philip to, he wanted Philip to recognize the problem and the need of dependency. See, this is what happened. Sometimes God wants us to feel the problem. He wants us to feel the problem. He wants us to feel the test for us to depend on him, for us to do, do a dependence check. Like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm feeling the problem. Where's my dependency going to right now? Who am I obedient to right now? Who am I dependent on right now? Am I dependent on my boss? Am I obedient to my boss? Who am I dependent on right now? Right? So I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes God wants us to feel the problem to remind us of our dependency, our dependence. See, understand, and I'm just going to put it in simple logic terms. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm going to say a statement, but it's kind of like a question. But understand, if we had a problem-free life, if we had a problem-free life, would we continue to depend on God? If you had a problem-free life, if you had no tests, no trials, no stresses, no problems, if you had a problem-free life, would you still depend on God? Would you be obedient and still depend on God? God, think about that. So understand, Jesus wanted Philip and the other disciples to feel the problem to learn their dependence on God. So that's why he asked Philip the question, right? So moving on to the next one. So eventually Andrew, who's Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. And Andrew said that there was a boy, there was a boy with five small loaves of bread and two small fish, right? So Jesus had the solution. He already knew the solution. He already knew the problem. He knew the solution. He knew that it was 5,000 people that came, right? It's not like the disciples, had one of the disciples was assigned to go count how many people was there. He already knew how many people he had to feed. He already knew that that little boy was going to be there with the five small loaves of bread and two small fish, right? He already knew and he knew the solution, right? And so he proceeded to ask Andrew. He asked Andrew another question. You notice Jesus asked questions, right? He asked Andrew, how far Will that go with 5,000 people? Now, Andrew's probably thinking, okay, five small loaves of bread, two small fish, 5,000 people. Now, if we break it, uh, maybe if we pinch it off into the baskets, maybe we have a chance, right? So at this point, you have to understand that Andrew was focused on dividing. He was focused on division, dividing the five small loaves of bread, the two small fish among 5,000 people. He was, 
He was dividing in his head. He was doing division in his head about how to do that, right? But you got to understand, Jesus doesn't divide. He doesn't favor division. He doesn't divide. He favors multiplication. He multiplies. That's what Jesus do. See, our blessings are always multiplied. It's never divided. It's never a third, third, and a third. That's what my heart doctor told me one time. It's a third, third, and a third. He never says, I'm going to give you a third, third, and third. He always says that I'm going to multiply. I'm going to give you abundance right so it's written this is written it is said if we give and it will be given to us a good man will be poured into our laps it will be pressed down shaken together and runneth over see the same amount you give will be measured out to you and see i'm not referring to you financially or financially i'm referring to you spiritually see if you freely are giving obediently and you're being obedient and dependent on God, right? The same amount will be given to you, but understand how it's going to come to you. It's going to be poured, not sprinkled, not trinkled down, right? It's not going to be like just little like, what is this? What do you call this? Like, uh, what do you call this? Sprinkled? Like it's not going to be sprinkled down, right? It's just not going to be thrown at you. It's going to be poured, poured. I feel like that's a heavy stream, right? It's going to pour into your laps, not over there, over there, or over there, right? Not at your feet. It's going to be poured directly on you, directly on you, on your lap. And once it's poured there, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's going to be pressed together, and then it's going to be shaken, and then it's going to pour, meaning you're going to receive your overflow in your lap and it's going to be an overflow is just and it's going to be and running over still running over right Whew, i got caught up there that was good matthew, so matthew God gives a different a different a different perspective he gives a different scenario for the conversation with jesus about about the question that jesus asked like you know the question that jesus asked andrew how far will the five small loaves of bread and the two small fish go, right? So Matthew gives a different, different scenario to the conversation. So, and isn't it funny how everyone can be there at the same time, but have different perspectives of the conversations that transpire in, in, in Acts? That's how, how it works, right? So anyway, so according to Matthew, the disciples told Jesus, this is what the disciples told Jesus after he asked that question to Andrew. The disciples told Jesus that they were in a deserted place and it was getting dark and that they should send everyone home to go buy their own food in the village. That's what Matthew has suggested, right? Or Matthew and the disciples have suggested, right? But see, no one listened to the question that Jesus asked Andrew. Jesus asked Andrew how to spread that among 5,000 people, right? The question was about feeding the people, not about sending them home. See, again, Jesus knew the solution. He already knew this, so he knew the problem before he even came. He knew that before the 5,000 people even approached, even before they stepped foot before him, right? So the question was about feeding the people, not sending them away. And see, this is similar to us. This is similar to us when we are sitting in the darkest place and God comes to us and asks, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Who's been in that place before? You're sitting in your darkest place and God comes and asks you, 
what are you doing here? See, what we typically tell God is, this is a deserted place and it's getting dark and I'm not happy where I am in my life right now. Who's done that? Who's done that? See, I'm raising my hand. Who's done that? We tell them that this is a deserted place and it's getting dark and I'm not happy in my life right now. See, understand, God knows. God knows where you are right now. He knows where you are right now in this world. He knows right now where you are in your situation. He knows where you are right now in your circumstances. He knows where you are right now in your heart. He knows where you are right now in your mind. Right? He knows. He knows you're not happy. He knows you're depleted. He knows it's getting dark. He knows that you are empty. But see, if we listen more clearly, if we listen just more clearly and open up our ears, our minds, our eyes and focus on God, you will realize that God is asking you, why are you here? He's not asking you, why are you in a des deserted place and it's getting dark? He didn't ask that. He didn't ask why are you here? Because I already, I already explained that. He already knows you here. He's not asking, why are you here? He is asking you, what are you doing here? Basically, he's asking you, what are you doing here? You are a child of God. You are a child of God. What are you doing in a deserted, dark place and not depending on him? That's what he's asking you. As a child of God, what are you doing in a deserted place and it's getting dark and you're not happy in your life? What are you doing here because you are a child of God and all you need to do is depend and have faith in Him, right? That's what He's asking you. See, see, we have to understand that when God comes to us, He's going to ask us those questions and it's not to give, a, give Him a detailed story of why you're here and what's going on in your life because He already knows. He already knows your journey and your pathway. Let's be clear, he wrote that. He constructed that, right? Okay, so moving forward. So Jesus instructed the disciples to sit the people down in groups, right? And so once he did that, once the disciples sat down the people in groups, he took the five small loaves of bread and the two small fish and he looked, at, he looked up to heaven to bless the food and then he gave thanks. The next thing he did is he multiplied the food by breaking the food into pieces into the basket. And so just then Jesus performed a miracle. He performed a miracle. See, sometimes, sometimes we are so hyper-focused, hyper-focused on not receiving our miraculous blessings in our lives, right? We're so hyper-focused of not receiving it that we don't even realize that we're holding, we're just standing there holding five small loaves of bread and our two small fish in our hands, right? We're not even giving it over. We're not even giving it over. We're because we're too hyper-focused on the small things that we have. It's so small. It's not plentiful. How is that going to feed me and my family, right? That's what we're doing. We're so hyper-focused. We're waiting for that miraculous blessing that we don't even realize that we're holding our own five small loaves of bread and two small fish, right? And we're just saying that this is all I have and I need more, God. Right? What we need to do is we need to put the little that we do have, our small, five small loaves of, of bread and our two small fish, the little that we have into his hands, right? 
into his hands. See, I always say, I'll say the simple sentence when entering my morning conversations with God. I say the simple sentence as a form of to control my breathing and get, get my thoughts under control and to prepare myself to have my conversations every morning with God. And the first thing I ended up with is, is this sentence, this simple sentence. I commit into your hands my spirit. See, you have to risk giving it all over to him, right? Giving it all over to him so he can what? Why are we gonna risk giving it all over to him? So he can bless it and increase it. Again, a good amount will be poured, poured in our laps. It will be pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over. And you have to give up your five small loaves of fit, small five small loaves of bread, and your two small fish to receive that increase, to receive that pour down right that overflow so continuing with the story Jesus filled 12 baskets and he gave it to the disciples to distribute and as as they broke the food as disciples broke the food away and gave it away further multiplication happened the baskets were replenished every time the disciples took a step of faith pulled off a part of the food and gave it away see Sometimes to receive a miracle in our lives, we need to participate in the miracle. We need to participate in the problem. We need to participate in the solution to receive it, right? Sometimes to receive a miracle in our lives, we need to participate in the miracle. Jesus involved the disciples in their miracle and all it required was faith and dependence on their part. See, what did Jesus do? Jesus instructed the disciples of what they needed to do. Once the disciples depended on him, he instructed them of what they needed to do. And what happened? The miracle happened and it increased and it multiplied and it was an overflow, right? See, you gotta understand, Miracles do not happen by magic. Miracles do not happen by magic. It doesn't happen by magic, right? God is not in the magic business. I don't know who needs to know that, but I'm just gonna point it out. God is not in the magic business. God is not a magician. That's not what he is, right? He is not in the magic business. See, miracles happen through our So it is said that faith moves what? Mountains. Prayer moves who? God. So we need to have, we need, we have to step out. We have to step out and do what God tells us to do, what God instructs us to do, because he's given us his knowledge, his wisdom, his, the guidance that we need, right? That's part of provisions. That is part of provisions. Provisions just isn't receiving, okay, gas to get to work and from work. Provisions isn't just that. Visions is receiving his wisdom, his guidance, his knowledge, right? People tell us what to do. And when we realize, when we're able to do that, we will realize that we are part of the miracle. And all we have to do is just listen. All we have to do is just listen. Listen. So with that, the 5,000 people ate and they were filled. They were full. They were filled. All 5,000 people, all 5,000 people. 
And so when the disciples gathered up all the leftovers, there were 12 baskets of leftovers. 12 full baskets. 12 full baskets of leftovers. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that God does not barely meet our needs. He does not barely needs again it goes back to the division he's not going to divide and give us barely he's not going to give us this much right he's not going to give us this much of our needs he's not going to barely meet our needs he supplies us abundantly again what do i how i need to say it a good amount will be what poured it's what our laps it will be pressed down pressed down shaken together and running over his provisions will always, will always be sufficient. We will be full. Who doesn't want to be full? I want to be full. Who doesn't want to be full? I want to be full, right? So I read, a, I read an interesting story about a man who experienced one of Jesus' miracles, right? So he wrote this story, wrote this story. And the man says, and this is how he told the story. One night, the food for my wife and I ha had was a small portion of macaroni. My, my wife prepared it very nicely. Then one of her friends knocked on the door. And I told myself, the macaroni is not sufficient for even the two of us. So how will it be enough for the three of us? But we opened the door and she came in and she ate with us. While we were eating, the macaroni started to multiply. It became full inside the bowl. And I suspected that something was wrong with my eyes, so I rubbed them. But it was still multiplying. And then, and then I thought to myself that maybe my wife hid the macaroni underneath the small table. So I checked there, but there was nothing. And my wife and I looked at each other, but because the guest was there, we said nothing to each other. But afterwards, as I sat on my bed before, before going to bed, Jesus the Lord our Christ came to me and he asked me, do you know who multiplied the macaroni? See, a question. He asked me, do you know who multiplied the macaroni? I said, I don't know. And then Jesus said, I am Jesus, the Messiah. If you follow me, not only the macaroni, but your life will be multiplied. And this is a true story that this man wrote in an article. True story. See, we need to understand our dependence on God. We need to understand it. See, God does not, again, God does not barely meet our needs. He will supply us abundantly. Remember, our blessings are always multiplied. Multiply. Multiply. Right? Multiply. A good amount. A good amount will be poured. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to constantly say this to you in there because you got to understand God's provisions. You got to understand His blessings of what He can provide you amount of blessings it will be poured, poured into your lap it will be pressed down shaken together and running over right basically your overflow is coming 
That's what it's saying. Basically, your overflow is coming. Your overflow is coming. Your overflow in positioning. Your overflow in finances. Your overflow in your business, your ministries, your job, your household, your finances, your cars, anything. Healing, comfort, protection, guidance. Your overflow is coming. It is coming. Never underestimate God's interest in your well-being. And anything that touches you, right? Anything that touches you. It's not just you. It's anything that touches you, right? He knows exactly. He knows exactly what you are facing right now. He knows what you are facing right now. He knows that you are in a deserted place. He knows it is getting dark, right? He knows. He knows you're in a deserted place, right? And when he comes, when he comes and he asks you, what are you doing here? But that means it's time to do a reality check, a reality check to, to move yourself from the deserted place on your journey to the place of obedience and dependency on him, right? That means that you just need to shift yourself on your pathway. You got lost for a minute, you was in the dark. It's time to shift yourself, right? Because he is the light. He knows what our needs are and he has every intention every single intention of supplying those needs. God has a solution to every single problem in our lives, the smallest to the largest, right? And we will, we will receive our miraculous blessings. You see, you gotta understand, miracles always begin with problems always begin with problems with that let's come to a close and let's pray if you can lift your hands up wherever you are to receive Lord Jesus Christ right now please do and you can repeat after me I would love to hear you <laughs> Heavenly Father we commit into your hands our spirit we stand before you holding all we have and we commit it into your hands, all of it. We are ready to receive you where we are on our journey. Provide us what is needed for our journey. We are ready to be obedient and dependent on you. We look forward to your abundant provisions in our lives. Pour down on us your salvation, your mercy and deliverance. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. In Jesus name, amen. 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 Thank you again for joining me today. Again, shelter in place. Sharing this time with me. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope you felt God's presence in your life. This week, this week, you will receive your overflow. God is not going to leave you empty. He is not going to leave you empty right? You have to remember, miracles always starts with problems. He knows where you are right now. He knows where you are. So my friends, with that, you heard the good news today, and we hope you felt his presence in your lives today. If so, I, all I ask is that you take the time to share this good news, share this message with at least five people, and then also to join us at a Faithful God Ministry this week. So reading Anxious for Nothing reading plan. The link is right here on the screen. And also, 
There's a slide that'll be coming up on how to get in touch with us, how to connect with us. To connect with us, all you have to do is text the word FAITH to 218-400-4AFG. For a prayer request, all you have to do is text PRAY to 218-400-4AFG. If you would like to give and help other individuals and families and sharing and receiving the good news and outreach, all you have to do is text GIVE. The number is on our screen because I don't know it by memory. <laughs> but, and then also, also before I forget, please be sure to stay seated and tuned in for an important PSA. That's a public service announcement for those of you with the train station, right? So, but please, um, for an important public service announcement about COVID and, and the importance of social distancing and shelter in place at the in place. So with that, may God bless you this week. Many, many blessings. God bless. Thank you. What is a compassionate connection? Compassionate connection is praying for one another. A compassionate connection is doing our part. Bottom line, during a time like this, a compassionate connection saves lives. Do your part. This ad is sponsored by a faithful God ministry.